Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. On this episode of the show, Tom talks with Nate Siegel of AccuShred based in Toledo, Ohio. Nate shares how he employs a lot of little things in his business to ensure customer retention. You'll hear about the famous AccuShred cookie, GPS, and Susan Komen fundraising. Lots of great stuff on the podcast today, so keep listening. Nate Siegel, welcome to the Shred Coach Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's great to be with you. I'm honored that you thought of me and looking forward to this conversation. You're a longtime veteran, and I thought it'd be interesting to talk to you a little bit about some of the things or a specific thing you've done in your business to grow, to amplify, to get better results. But before we do that, if somebody doesn't know who you are, tell me a little bit about your company. Tell me where you are, your location. Tell me a little bit about AccuShred. We are based in Northwestern Ohio. We're in Toledo. We have a service territory that is about 100, 110 miles in any one direction. So we've got a pretty decent sized service territory. We have been in business for 20 years in June. Wow. And uh, we provide both on-site and off-site services to our customers. Got a staff of about a dozen and we're still growing nicely. That's great. And you said you're both plant and mobile. Like how many mobile trucks are you running in terms of trucks with shredders on them versus just collection trucks? Well, we started out all plant-based. We talked ourselves, we talked to customers into plant-based primarily and realized that we were starting to walk away from too much business. So bought a used shred truck, liked it, got into it. We've currently got three box trucks and a fourth is on the way and we are running three shred trucks also on the way this summer. So are you also doing other services besides shredding paper? Do you have any ancillary services you do, or is it primarily paper in both of those methods on and offsite? We've added to our business product destruction, as well as electronics recycling and hard drive destruction, in addition to offering data breach protection services as well. So we try and be kind of a one-stop shop as best we can. Have not gotten into storage. That's a completely different business model, but we do provide just about all the data destruction services. Got it. So there, it, it sounds like you've got a full range of services that you're working from. So given that, given 20 years of history, the focus of this podcast is a strategy, a tactic, an implementation you've done, a way of thinking that's made an impact on your business. So I'm interested in what you've been doing recently that seems like it's created some kind of positive return on investment? Well, we're pretty big on, you know, it's always nice to get that sale. It's a win. Getting the customer is important, but for us, keeping that customer is probably more important. When we entered into the business 20 years ago, you know, in our market, we had a very established, well-regarded customer that we were going up and a company that employs a developmentally disabled. So, it was not easy for us to acquire customers initially. So for us, getting those customers was critical, but keeping them and finding a way of keeping them in the fold was just as important. So for us, I think customer retention has been a focus for us, and that takes a variety of forms. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it, you raise an interesting point there. It's one thing to assume you can go out and just get clients, but in a really competitive market, getting the clients is the thing that gets them in the door. Keeping the customers is really what makes you money in the long run. 
So tell me a little bit about, did you initially start with getting them and losing them? What, what was the thing that really forced you to go, keeping the customer is critical to us? What was the genesis of making that more of a focus of attention? Well, we operate in both Toledo as well as other major metropolitan areas, Detroit, very competitive. And we really have not lost many customers at all. When we lose a customer, it's primarily because they close their doors, they move out of the area. Someone up the chain feels it's a good idea to go with a multinational rather than a local company to which those on the ground are not necessarily happy, but they have to follow suit. So it's not a matter of losing customers. We built our business differently than some in our area in that when we came in, our crosstown rivals had been in the business for 14 years. They had a pretty solid foothold. All of the hospitals, the, the banks had already been spoken for, so to speak. And we built our business with the small to medium-sized business. And mm. for us, trying to keep them there and not give them a reason to look elsewhere was really important. I would also say that when I first started the business, I wasn't a big proponent of contracts. I think contracts, some customers don't like contracts having to sign them. I think sometimes they lend themselves to you becoming lazy and mm. not paying attention to the customer. So we since have come around to it because of the nature of what we do. I think it's critical for both parties to have some an agreement in, in contract, but we needed to find something to, to keep them from looking elsewhere. And that's why we just start doing all the little things for our customers. So you've mentioned little things and we've got the big genesis of the idea. So tell me what you've done over 20 years to keep customers. What are the little things that form a big result? Well, I mean, everyone likes to say that they provide outstanding customer service. That's kind of a, an amorphic term, yep. but for us, it's all the little things. It's, we run a very lean operation. Uh, there's only three in addition to myself in the office. So everyone, AI, we always answer the phone and that's more important these days with the multinationals. You keep hearing people can't get answers to questions. They can't get phone calls returned. So for us, always having someone to answer the phone is important and always having answers for the customer. You may not know them at the time, at the moment, but you can get it quickly and respond back to the customer. So always having the customer know they can get an answer and fairly quickly is important for us. You know, we do little things. We have leave behinds. We have goodie bags. When we first service for a customer, we have goodie bags that we leave that's got reminders of who we are. It's got a phone list of who to contact if you've got a certain problems. It's those things that we provide the customer that they have a resource to go to if they have questions. So in that goodie bag, is it predominantly just information and phone numbers or is there like tchotchkes and stuff like that in there too? There are tchotchkes and we have kind of become known for the cookies that we provide our customers. We have very high quality chocolate cookies that we leave behind that's imprinted with our logo that people, our customers have started to ask for them. You know, when really? you do our service, can you remember to bring us some cookies? That type of thing. I order them in 2,500 batches and they're delivered 1250 at a time. So they stay fresh. Uh, a couple times a year, but that's just a little thing that we've kind of become known for. Really? That's so interesting. And I, I tell my drivers, I want our customers' experience with us to be the best of their vendors that day. So it, if it's going there with a smile, it's making them feel good about 
their interactions with us. We don't need to give them any reason to look elsewhere. Right. So going back, there's the little things that you do. So one of those is that the answer the phone, there's the leave behinds, there's the chocolate cookies, but you've kind of gone into now your team activity. How do you train drivers to be the very best that they can be every day? Like, how do you get that? Because I mean, this is obviously an area a lot of people are struggling with these days, but if you've made it a high priority to make sure that they're the best experience, a customer's best experience of the day, how do you get that out of them? It's challenging. It starts with getting the best people in that you can. And I would tell you, it takes me forever to hire drivers. I think it takes the right person with the right work ethic and demeanor and personality to do what we ask them to do. And there's not a lot of those people out there running around. I probably interview people the exact opposite way that they tell you to do it. They tell you to interview as many people as you can, bring them in and find who you're looking for. I'm uber particular when it comes to who I bring in to interview. So I may not interview I may not throw the net out for everyone. I'll be very particular on looking for something very specific in their background, in their experience that I think will translate well to what we do here. And that's also true for who I have in the office. We have very little turnover. I'm blessed to have a phenomenal staff. I've got my very first driver that we ever hired still working for me. Wow. He's 87. No, I'm what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we try and treat them well. If you, you treat your people well, then they're going to treat your customers well. Right. So that person that you have, who's the direct interface, the, the driver, the person answering the phone, you've taken a long time to hire them. Do you have a process whereby if you get the right person, you're still training them to be that optimal agent of yours, agent by means of employee, team member? whose job is to keep the customer sticky? Like what else are you doing to ensure that? We do. And we certainly have them spend time with our other drivers that know what they're doing to get a feel for the proper customer interaction, what a good customer interaction looks like and feels like and the time that it takes. So we do spend time with our drivers owning that skill. We'll send, you know, my sales manager used to be a driver. So he showed a propensity for sales and we slid him into that and he's done very well with that. But he'll go out from time to time, even with experienced drivers to see what their experiences are like. And we also get that feedback from our drivers too. We'll have driver meetings with regularity to, to get a feel for what they're seeing out there, what they're experiencing, and if there are things that other drivers need to, to see and hear to, to kind of fold into their day's routine. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's a powerful part of it. So that to me, I mean, you do all these little things, but it sounds like you do some big things in terms of hiring the right people, ensuring that they're stable. And for some reason, you've had little turnover. So how has the turnover or lack of turnover affected keeping the customer? Do you feel like that has had a profound impact in some way? There's no question. We've got drivers spend a lot of time with our customers and they've gotten to know who they are. We have some of our older customers will want to know if someone missed a day, how they're doing, you know? So yeah, that is a pretty strong tie for us because I've learned long ago, this business is not about me. This business right. is about our drivers and they're the ones that solve the problems for the customers. They're the ones that see them on a regular basis. So it's really critical. Right. 
So what what other little things are you doing to fill in this, keep the customer focus? What other things? So we've got how you answer the phones. You're answering the phones to start with. They're not going to voicemail. You're answering. You're doing leave behinds. You're doing these really cool cookie things. You're training and teaching your people, your frontline people and the people in the office who answer the phones. There's this solid sense that you have a very particular way of doing things, but there's got to be more in because that's all great. But is there more stuff you're doing? What else is happening? Well, fairly recently, within the last couple of years, and interestingly, right before it became part of iSigma's certification program, we, we adopted GPS for our trucks. And what I think that's enabled us to do is real time, we can see where a driver is. A lot of customers want to know, do we have any idea where or when our drivers will be there? That enables us to almost immediately be able to give them that feedback to see where the drivers are and to gauge how long it might be. You know, interestingly, kind of a side benefit, I think for us, and I saw it almost immediately was after having these units installed in the trucks, our drivers started finishing their routes a lot earlier. And I kept looking at the route sheet thinking, we have light days, like back to back to back light days. How come our drivers are getting back so early? I think as it turns out, they were a little concerned with me watching them all day long and the, the amount of time they spent in a particular customer, which I wasn't doing, but it had a positive effect, I think, in, in just the efficiencies of their routes and, and letting them get done and get more accomplished on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I noticed on your website, and I'd be interested in how this impacts your keeping the customer focus, was the Susan Coleman involvement that you have. I look at hundreds of companies in this industry, and you seem to have a overt focus there, so much so that it's front and center as a hovercraft on your website, but you're also putting the, the pink bins out in the world. Tell me a little bit, is that of impact or is that just a decision that you have as a company to contribute in that way? Can you give a correlation in that one? Well, I think it's important for folks in our industry to come off as a good corporate neighbor. Being active in in our community is important. I think, you know, this industry is fond of saying this is a no like and trust business. And I think that's part of knowing and liking and trusting us is knowing that we're involved in the community in ways that that make a difference. You know, we've raised a little over $163,000 for Susan G. Coleman over the course of about nine or 10 years in partnership with all, all of our customers. So it's been a, a phenomenal program. You know, a lot of people like to say, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And there's certainly truth to that. I'd like to think it's not necessarily what we make, but what we're able to give back to the community. And I, I think that feeds in also to that customer attention because they feel good about who it is that they're using. Well, I I love how you said that too. It wasn't just us that does the Komen Foundation or the Komen. You called it a partnership with your customers. And to me, that is an, an immediate evidence of the way you think about customers in terms of the connection to them. It's not just something you're doing as a tax benefit or whatever. There is a deliberate partnership that you're engaged in. Yes, correct. And I, I always think it's a partner, right? We're not just a vendor, we're a partner. Yeah, that's really cool. So did we miss anything in terms of little things that you do to keep the customer as a part of this big strategy that is so important to you? Is there any other little things we missed? I don't know. I mean, I I think that our website is very deep and very informative for customers and potential customers. I see a lot of websites that just say, here, this is what we do. Our website, if you get on it, tells a little bit about who we are, why we do what we do, 
We talk about the industry. We talk about us. We talk about tips, what to look for, what not to look for. So it's a pretty deep website. I think that feeds into having customers become familiar with us and become comfortable with us as well. Good. Okay. Well, I was digging into your, some of your personal history and I noticed a significant connection to the Better Business Bureau. I raise this because I, I find it an interesting dynamic. I hear many people who, you know, maybe don't have a great opinion of the Better Business Bureau, but you've been engaged actively both in leadership and in, you know, board work with them. What do you know about the Better Business Bureau that the rest of the shred world needs to know? Well, I think it exists to facilitate better experiences between the business community and, and the customers. So it's been fulfilling for me to see the different programs that have been brought on all in the name of membership. I mean, it is a membership driven organization and there are more and more phenomenal programs that are being brought on. You know, a lot of people think you buy your way into that. You buy your way into good reviews and good ratings. And that's absolutely not the case based on customer feedback is how you, you know, how you get ratings in the business bureau. It's a phenomenal group of people, at least on a local level. Right. I've been blessed to be on the board and contribute. Matter of fact, I've got a board meeting tomorrow. Well, that's, that's really helpful. It's a perspective that I think someone who's deeply involved has, has a much more capable way of defining it. And I appreciate how you define it there. Nate, I really appreciate you sharing this stuff. I, I think the focus and some of the stuff you talked about in terms of keeping the customer is really powerful and really good. I'm really grateful that you've been willing to share this with us and with the community. And as always, uh, you have been a huge contributor over the years to this community in so many ways. And I, I, on behalf of the community and the industry, want to say thank you for all you do for it as well. Uh, it's been my pleasure. The industry has given me back much more than I could ever give in it. We're thrilled to be a part of iSigma. It's it is open communication as I've ever seen and very pleased to be a part of it. Been honored to be a part of this, uh, this podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Make sure to tune in every week for a brand new $10,000 strategy or idea from trusted shredding and business professionals.